listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. Broadcasting to you from the windy forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am currently trying to make sure that the world does not steal my joy, where I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Oregon for a little while longer, where it is typical Cascade Locks weather, I'm Andrew Hoffman. You got some storm, you got some wind, it's one of our our last uh, Northwest weather updates yeah it looks like i'm I'm gonna leave on like a 40-day rain streak probably so it's yeah it's been pouring uh every day except for yesterday it didn't rain too much yesterday yeah it was nice yesterday same here same here so yeah i got all kinds of stuff let's just uh let's get into it okay you got got something you want to start with or yeah i mean anytime listeners send us stuff we got i think uh, producers contributors send us stuff we need to start uh with something you know we need to at least mention that so why don't we start with this video who came from theo who also i believe this week is on the donation list is Mm -hmm. that right yep yep made the donation list over here um he is the uh pilot from ontario canada and uh his Outfit made yet another video. This one is not a silent video, so uh, a little bit better to translate to uh, to the podcast. So that's good. Yep. Personal sovereignty is among the highest aspirations of every human being. For our entire history, Canadians have enjoyed freedom of movement. The advent of powered flight amplified this freedom, giving us wings to explore. We never saw the world the same way again. Sadly, with the recent announcement of vaccine mandates, many of our passengers are experiencing a growing anxiety. Within this emerging landscape, Free to Fly is a group of aviation professionals and passengers banding together to uphold the freedom of medical choice. My name is Matt. I'm from Guelph, Ontario. I used to be an airline pilot. Leaving aviation was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Um, it, it's more than a job. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's a life. It's a life's work. My name is Mitchie San. I'm a flight attendant from Ajax, Ontario. How Free to Fly is helping me is it's helping me have a voice and also helping me express how many of us truly feel. And also it helps me protect my freedoms and protect the freedoms of others. My name's Lori and I'm from Montreal, Canada. Freedom to me is all about choices. And in this particular situation, the passengers and the employees are not getting that choice. Hi, my name is Stephanie and I'm a flight attendant. Airline industry is important to us because it brings everyone together to learn different cultures, different lifestyle, and to visit different countries. 
Free to fly is essential right now because one of the most important aspects of the modern world is under threat, and that is the ability to travel freely, to explore your world unimpeded by arbitrary laws and restrictions. The decision to leave my work was a very difficult one. At the end of the day, my decision is based on protecting my freedom and that of my children. Is it selfish to refuse to get a COVID-19 vaccination? Selfishness is acting in one's own interest at the expense of others. So let's imagine some people did have a legitimate reason for not getting a vaccine. What if forcing these people to get vaccinated anyway actually took something fundamental from them? What if doing so was an infraction against each and every one of us? What if the ability to make one's own medical decisions carried more weight than any other threat, including that which is posed by the threat of making the wrong decision? What if a love of freedom was the only thing that could unify every human being? What if the old idea of our ancestors, that freedom requires sacrifice, was actually a law of nature? If any of these prove true, then informed consent and health freedom are sacred rights that must be respected. Those that have defended this right at the expense of their careers are sacrificing much of who they are in order to attempt to defend freedom. They are motivated by a deep love for humanity and from a desire to live in a free society. Could this possibly be selfish? In the end, the love of freedom is the only thing that can unify us all. So please stand with us as we stand up for you. Together, we are a potent force for change. Join us in this fight. Your support is essential. This is the first show since the uh, end of last month. And the end of last month, everybody in Canada, Canada, who didn't uh, submit to the jab, uh, was let go. So all these aviation experts who, uh, you know, were air traffic controllers, pilots, flight attendants, all these people uh, out of work, including our uh, one of our donors this week, Theo, uh, who still donated to the show, even though he's out of work, which we greatly appreciate. And uh, we just... We take our hats off to you and, and, and your courage. You know, last week we were talking about Steve, my friend, uh, and he's walked out of his place of business. And now we have aviation professionals who are getting fired. Um, and I think, yeah, it's uh, any any thoughts on that? Uh, I, I have another well, kind of thing I wanted just to, to stay with the there was a little bit of good news out of Canada. Okay. You want to play the Chris Sky on turning point clip this is what we've been waiting for this is what we've been fighting for this is why we've been telling you to hold your ground guess what quebec and ontario just announced no more vax mandates for health care workers if they can't even mandate for health care workers they definitely can't mandate it for any other industry this is the turning point we have been waiting for ladies and gentlemen they all right, perfect. And that dovetails perfectly into my clip, which was uh, our good friend James Corbett at the end of New World next week, I thought had a great rant to end the show. I'm sure. Uh, just what variety is the question. Um, yeah, 
It is on. I don't know if people are paying attention, but it is on. It is happening. And I don't know about you, James, but I am receiving this from more and more people every day. I'm hearing from airline pilots and medical workers and other people who've been in their industry for years, sometimes decades, who are saying, nope, this is my line in the sand. This is the hill I die on, and I'm not doing it. I'm getting, I'm losing my job, and it's on. And uh, it's happening everywhere, not just New York, obviously. It's happening all over the globe. And people in the comment section, please fill in your locale and what's happening there. I'm sure there are similar things that are happening. And maybe other people need to know about that. Um, we know it's happening in Italy, for example, and massive protests that are trying to be scrubbed by the mainstream news, etc. So it is on. It is happening. This is it. And I, this is a moment for solidarity. On one hand, yes, I have no doubt that this is part of the controlled demolition of the economy. They want all of these industries to start being gutted and these key positions to, to suddenly go vacant and the, the system to collapse because they are looking to bring in an order through that collapse. Absolutely. But it is on. It is happening. This is the demolition. And it, we've always said we want a new system. We want something different. We don't want the system as it exists. Well, here's the golden opportunity to snatch victory from the jaws of this defeat in solidarity. And that's, I think, my message uh, with regards to this story in particular. I don't care what flag you're waving. I don't care what you believe on climate change or 9-11 or anything else at this moment. I care that you are on the side of human liberty, the basic bodily autonomy, my body, my choice. I get to decide what goes on with my body. This comes down to brass tacks and to exactly what I was saying back in April of last year on what no one is saying about the, the coronavirus or whatever that was called, where I was saying this is about instituting a new norm in society, that anytime there's any anything passing around the community, if if you're not on board, if you're not doing what we tell you to do, then you are a murderer and you will be held responsible for that. That is the new norm they are attempting to institute here. And even beyond the legal mandates or illegal mandates, as the case may be, executive orders that haven't arrived yet, but everyone's complying with and all of this kind of nonsense legal chicanery. It's not about the legal chicanery. It's about people internalizing this and taking on board what Noam Chomsky and others are trying to tell you. Oh, if you don't take a vaccine, you're a killer and we can't allow killers just to loosen the community. We're going to have to isolate them. And however they survive is up to them, I guess. Ha ha ha. Let's watch them die. They are instituting that mindset in the public. And anyone who understands that this is the line, this is it. If you cross over that line, it's game over for humanity. We cannot let this stand. We will not comply. And if we do not have solidarity on this issue, then that's it. I don't know what else to say. This is the issue. This is the time. It is happening now. We better walk into this together. And I, again, I don't care if you're double jabbed, if you're wearing the mask, whatever. Take whatever responsibility you want for your health and do whatever you want with your body that you think is medically necessary. But if you're on the side of bodily autonomy and people having the choice to do this and not stepping into the fascist papers please framework that we know is coming, the ability to buy and sell being turned off at the flip of a switch because you don't comply, 
if you don't understand, if you are on board with that, you are you are on our side. We can march on this together and we have to now because this is it. There is no there is no after this point. This is the line in the sand. This is the hill people are willing to die on and are losing their jobs. And we're walking into this right now. This it's coming this winter. This is the dark winter. So uh, I, I hope we will do that together in solidarity. Amen to that. Nothing like a little bit fired up, James, to get to get the yeah. show going. <laughs> yeah, I was going to uh, – I actually had a couple things to plug that he's working on. He's doing a whole uh, course, I think like three two-hour lectures or maybe even more than that, but um, on mass media, a history. It's pretty much uh, all the stuff that if the book that I never wrote uh, was about. <laughs> except better because it's him doing it. Uh, well, one quick thing on that though. During our podcast, oh, I don't know, a month or so ago. Well, uh, and then he also had a r- real quick. I'll come back to that while I, I buy time to find it. Um, he also talked to Mark Crispin Miller. Um, how did on? in a new interview that he called how to disarm propaganda that was sure. worth worth watching also right. the new york university guy that taught a course on propaganda until he pointed out that you know this whole covid-19 thing it's a big propaganda operation and that was uh that was the end of his employment so james put out mass media history course notes where he links to everything and the reason I couldn't find this quote when I was looking for it is because uh, I was forgetting who said it. So Michael Parenti is the guy who said the media may not always be able to tell us what to think, but it is strikingly successful in telling us what to think about. And that's mm-hmm. something that I've referred back to quite a bit on this podcast and is kind of, you know, it's like, That should kind of, you know, do we want to focus on mainstream news when and just having a different take on it when they're still telling us what to talk about? Right. Right. Um, And I I think it is probably important to as much as possible move towards focusing on true alternative, you know, thoughtful, good information alternative media or whatever you want to call it um original reporting type stuff i I think is it's the way to go i mean if you look at mainstream media numbers no one's watching this stuff you know (laughs) like in some ways we've already won like people are listening to podcasts instead of watching tv and they're you know getting their information other places uh, unfortunately, though, unfortunately, though, a lot of it from social media. So, yeah, they're yes. not watching the dinosaur yep. media, but the, the mainstream media is now social media. And, and so Twitter, Google and uh, Facebook, you know, they censor everything. But, you know, the censorship has an interesting way, at least at this stage of the dying mm-hmm. free Internet in that it it leads. I'm a contrarian at heart. Ask my my parents and anybody who's ever been my boss. I'm just a contrarian. And so you'd say, well, we got to censor this information. I'm like, well, what is this information? Right. What are we censoring? And, and I think a lot of people at least have a, an inkling in that direction. 
And mm-hmm. it's even getting to a point where there are people who are not like, for instance, Bill Maher. Okay. Yeah. Bill <laughs> Bill Maher is longtime hated person on this show, right? I mean, he he hates us, right? Because we we like believe in religion and we question the mainstream narrative, and we're definitely not liberals. So I've always thought Bill Maher is the gatekeeper on one end. And then Bill O'Reilly was kind of the the uh, the gatekeeper on the other. That was kind of the old school paradigm. Mm-hmm. Bill Maher may still be the gatekeeper on the left, but the story is falling apart when the gatekeeper of the left and a beloved uh, person on the left is asking real questions about real things and not towing the line anymore. I personally, and you'll hear this clip. I, I think Bill's had it. I think Bill mm-hmm. got both jabs, and and I and I, I pray to Lord Jesus in heaven that there are many double jab people out there who are like I'm not going for a booster. Are you guys nuts? Like, what are you guys talking about? We can't mandate more crap on people. Mm-hmm. I pray that there are more people like this. I want you to listen to this clip. Uh, this first guy that speaks clearly doesn't agree. Bill, you'll hear Bert, Bill, and then this other gal who's with him. She does. I want you to, to focus a little bit on, uh, you know, so, Andrew, let's pretend Who, you and I are talking in. to. Um, let me see. I would have to. I I'll have we, to. Maybe it doesn't I'll matter. To, I'll have to read it afterwards, but I don't think it matters. Um, but I do want everybody to kind of note, like, OK, so you and I are in Los Angeles. Right. And we have an opportunity to go see a Bill Maher taping. You and me. Do we go? Uh, No. 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 Well, this is <laughs> we, we get to do some twilight golf or something else. There's definitely something else we would do instead of going to this taping. So people who go to this taping of Bill Maher are believers like they believe they're liberals. They're liberal people. They believe in the Bill Maher. They're like maybe even like a Noam Chomsky type, you know, the <laughs> people that are on the left, though. Right. So uh, I want you to notice the uh, thunderous applause that he doesn't receive for what he says here. <laughs> we're not done until the world is safe, and we're not safe as except, a world until the world's back. Except the, the world recognizes natural immunity. We don't, because everything in this country has to go through the pharmaceutical companies. Natural immunity is the best kind of immunity. We shouldn't fire people who have natural immunity because they don't get the vaccine. We should hire them. Yes? If someone tested having antibodies. Well, okay, but, but you know, people who've had it, I've had it. Right. You know, I, I mean, I shouldn't be tested anymore. I had and the if vaccine. Someone's I got willing the... to be a fireman, if someone's willing to be a policeman, if someone's willing to go into a burning building and says, I'm just not that afraid of COVID and I don't want to take the vaccine, that should be enough. He shouldn't be losing his job. He shouldn't be furloughed without pay. The guy that saves lives because he doesn't want to take a vaccine. It's ridiculous. And just a little messaging. I mean, I see it all the time. I saw it driving in today. People outside alone walking with a mask. It's so stupid. It's 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 an amulet. Yes. You know, yes. Some, a charm people a wear scapula. around neck yes. to ward away evil exactly. spirits. It means nothing. I mean, can't we get people to understand the facts more? I mean, listen to this. Um, for unvaccinated hospitalization risk, unvaccinated, 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Unvaccinated? Uh, no, I don't have that. 
hospitalization rate for the vaccinated is actually 0.01%, and the rate for the unvaccinated is 0.89%. So in both cases, the correct answer is less than 1%. They thought it was over 50. How do people, especially of one party, get such a bad idea? Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Indeed. The, <laughs> the this, TV. And, and yeah. interesting, uh, I might ruin the punchline here, but that clip was from Bill Maher and posted by Jimmy Dore. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, so. you know, when the two of them agree. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot of lefties, you know, that, that those two people have influence on. And Jimmy Dore kind of... Same sort of deal. I mean, he he took the vaccine because his doctor told him to and had a bad reaction and has been honest about his bad reaction. And then, you know, <laughs> honest about his skepticism since then. So good for him. But well, and then he and then he uh, then he, he's also the one who moved out of New York. I love New York. I'm all about New York. I love New York. And then he's like, yeah, I don't I'm not into trash. I'm moving to Austin, Texas. It's where there's where there's. Less. Still trash. Still trash. Yeah. <laughs> Still trash, but less, but less trash. Well, I, you, heard De, I, you heard De Blasio's got some uh, trash on his uh, his yard. You heard this? Yeah. 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 The, so, well, the, uh, the entire New York City trash uh, sanitation system shut down for these vaccine mandates uh, starting Monday. So four days ago, three days ago, four days ago, uh, the NYPD started calling in sick, like huge amounts of them started calling in sick. We got multiple uh, fire stations in New York City closed. Labor, labor shortage. Labor, mm-hmm. labor yeah. shortage. You just have labor in like a like a like a like, like a labor gauge. Well, and um, American over. Airlines had a thousand flights canceled. You know, bad weather. Oh, it was, it was, uh, some wind yeah. a couple days ago and bad yeah, weather. They now admit over ninety percent of that was staffing related. They don't yeah. admit. Walk over. Why was that? Walk over to the gauge. Does it work? Why is why is the labor shortage? Why? Yeah, is the labor shortage up to date? So there's, you know, I, and I was sitting here yesterday afternoon, and a, a friend of mine called, and he's like, "Man, have you been to Hood River today?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "There's a big old protest going on Good. for." health freedom so that's you know i should have been there but i i I was kind of torn because i'm like do i not show up to work when my company is not mandating the vaccine or do i go to work as a thank you for you know not having that policy but i ended up going to work i've i've you know towed the line of getting fired enough in the last couple of weeks. So we'll just <laughs> picking my battles. I'll, I'll wait for more battles till we get, to, till we get to Oklahoma there. I had a, <laughs> yet another clip of a nurse walking out. I guess her account has been suspended though. So should have, should have saved that video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Should have saved I that video that while I could. Yeah. She walked out and kind of did a, was extremely calm. It was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing this. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, you know, that's you kind of have it. You do your your own style or what you feel called to do. You know, it's not 
it's not that everyone has to do screaming loud protests or everyone has to do a, a social media filmed walkout. It's like, you know, figure out what fits your beliefs and what message you want to get out there and do it. But it's, yeah, it, we we could probably all be doing more. I think I I could be doing more, but I I think you know you got to do something. Absolutely. Like, no, like, I, I, like James said, it's uh you know this is it. This is the hill. And I, I've seen yeah, no. a lot of those a lot of those tweets. Um and along with the good news this week and the bad news on the with mandates going through um. You know, the the huge news, personally, I, I think, was the the kids thing. I mean, they are going after the kids. Like, for the, the people that thought, surely they won't go there. Like, no, they're going there. And these will be mandated. These won't just be, like, it'll, it'll start out probably non-mandated other than California. But uh, if they only get... San you heard San Francisco is already in it. If they only get well, the whole state of California. Yeah. No, San, no, and I know that that's your prediction, but San Francisco is already saying uh, five to eleven-year-olds can't go into businesses unless they have a proof business. of vaccination. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. So nuts. So yeah. let well let's uh, let's play Bo Jiden's announcement. See if this convinces you. Okay, where are we uh, going? Bo Jiden on Vax for Kids. And one more thing, vaccinating our children will help us keep our schools open, keep our kids in the classroom, learning, socializing with their classmates and teachers. I think every reporter in this room who has a child understands the difference of a child going to school and having to learn from home. That's the act. <laughs> so quick question. Did you so did 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 the American people like keep their kids home from school? <laughs> That's a, yeah. Everyone's been you know begging for the vaccines. That was they're that not the willing to send their kids to school. They, Is that what's wait, going on? So wait, <laughs> did they just so they sent their kids to school? But then at one point the school was like, hey, don't come. Ah, uh, apparently it's the teachers' unions. Teachers want okay, those so kids the teachers' unions said don't come. Yeah. So then the well, parents we won't, we won't teach yeah. now have to get a vaccine for their children. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about vaccines for children. Um, you know, it, I kind of go back and forth. Is it worth digging into the details or do we just need to focus on big picture? Like, we don't want it. You're not giving it to me. Um, so if, if that's your attitude, then just skip the next few minutes. But um, Toby Rogers, who you probably follow on on Twitter as well, does some you know, tries to do some actual analysis of the Pfizer study and and other statistical issues. So he says, what is the number needed to vaccinate to prevent a single COVID-19 fatality in kids 5 to 11 based on the Pfizer EUA application? And what are the risks that go along with injecting that many kids? So NNTV, or number needed to vaccinate, the standard policy tool that pharma, the FDA, and the CDC no longer want to talk about. A funny thing happened this afternoon. Not funny as in, ha-ha, more like funny as in, oh, that's how the FDA rigs the process. 
I was reading the CDC's guidance for health economic studies presented to the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices 2019 update, and I realized that the FDA's woeful risk-benefit analysis in connection with Pfizer's EUA application to to jab children ages 5 to 11 violates many of the principles of the CDC's guidance document. Remember the document from 2019. The CDC guidance document describes 21 things that every health economic study in connection with vaccines must do, and the FDA risk-benefit analysis violated at least half of them. Today, I want to focus on a single factor, the number needed to vaccinate. In four separate places, the CDC guidance document mentions the importance of coming up with the number needed to vaccinate. I did not recall seeing a number needed to vaccinate in the FDA risk-benefit document, so I checked the FDA's risk-benefit analysis again, and sure enough, there was no mention of an NNTV. Because the FDA failed to provide an NNTV, I will attempt to provide it here. All right. So it goes, so the number needed to vaccinate can be applied to uh, to prevent a single case of the illness, to prevent a hospitalization, to prevent an ICU admission, or to prevent a death. So four different NNTVs that you could could talk about. So he, you know, he's been on this for the adult vaccines for quite a while. He's got an old tweet of his in there. Um, which he took a lot of heat for. So, so in general, for adults, um, he says, Ronald Brown, a health economist in Canada, estimated that the NNTV to prevent a single case of coronavirus is somewhere between 88 and 142. Others have calculated the NNTV to prevent a single case at 256. And um, German and Dutch researchers uh, let's see, said between 200 and 700. So somewhere between 88 people vaccinated to prevent a case and 700. Okay, and this is going back with the vaccines are really effective numbers from Pfizer, which, you know, is highly dubious. But separately, it says the number needed to prevent one death is between 9,000 and 100,000 with with 16,000 as a point estimate. All right. So now we we go on to kids. And this and he quotes from uh, Bobby Kennedy's article. As Bobby Kennedy explains, Pfizer's clinical trial in adults showed alarming increases in all-cause mortality in the vaccinated. And this is numbers that we've talked about before, how, you know, they claimed, oh, you know, 15 people died in the vaccine group, 14 in the placebo group. But then when you look further, it's actually 20 people died in the vaccine group. They just arbitrarily cut the timeline short to exclude five of those deaths. And so if you take the 20 number, it's your 42% all-cause mortality increase among the vaccinated. This is their the old only actual study that was ever done. So this new study for the kids, guess how many kids they tested? If you know the answer, don't guess, but we can't hear you, Tim. I think you're muted. Ah, hit me. What? I don't, I don't know. Uh, just throw a number out there. Like what would be a good, before we vaccinate 23 million or however many kids are out there, 5 to 11, 
how many should we check on to make sure it's safe? I mean, this is a trick question, bro. You shouldn't vaccinate any kids in some sort of experiment. <laughs> well, yeah. But it, but if yeah. you're looking for a pure number, let's say 20,000. Yeah, I mean, you would at least want to get the number of, you know, a, a sample size large enough that if there was a really rare side effect, it would show up a few times, right? Right. So they, uh, they did 2,300 participants, and they only followed them for two months. So it says they, they intentionally made it too small, only 2,300 participants, and too short, only followed up for two months in order to hide harms. Um, so then he, let's skip through. So anyway, so he does a, a great job breaking it all down. He takes the FDA's own numbers. He takes Pfizer's own numbers, which, again, very questionable, right? But he just says, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Like you say the number is this, like we'll believe we will believe the vaccine is 80 percent effective okay, against hospitalizations and death, even though there's that comes from FDA modeling, not from any actual study or any proof of that. But let's just say that's true. So if you take the 80 percent effectiveness against hospitalizations and death and you apply it to the 28 million children there's 28 million 384,878 children ages 5 to 11 um, if you take their own numbers that would prevent 45 covid fatalities okay okay how many kids would be killed by the vaccine to save those 45 COVID deaths? 5,248. <laughs> so you are, for every one child saved by the shot, another 117 would be killed by the shot. And this is not, e this is not even questioning their numbers. This is with their numbers. So when they say the benefits outweigh the risks, they don't mean for the kids. They're trying to justify it like for all of society, for the good of society, you know, save grandma. But it, you're, you're telling me that people are going to put their kids at 117 times greater chance of being killed by the vaccine than by COVID to get, to get them vaccinated. If that, if that information was, laid out to them no way no chance so they think that they think that the benefits outweigh the risk for their child no not even with their own numbers not even with the pfizer bogus study not even with the fda modeling that is is totally bogus as well you you can keep all that in there and if you look at the numbers 117 deaths caused by the vaccine for every one child that didn't die from COVID. So uh, they've decided to mitigate it. Yeah. So well, they have. So uh, is, open up your, I don't, we don't usually do oh, this. Oh, open, do you, op, open up your signal window. Okay. You, you said mitigate, but you're talking about the messaging about, hey, kids have strokes too. 
Uh, no, no, no. It's worse. <laughs> Open up this, your signal folder. Okay, I got, I got it. Okay. The, I, I just copied that, snipped it from an FDA document. The link will be in the show notes. I'll put the link. I can send the link over to you right now so you see it. But I want you to just read it to us. Just the second paragraph or the whole thing? Uh, whole thing? That's fine. You can read the whole thing. But the second paragraph, second paragraph is the only important part. So if you want to save us the time. All right. To provide a vaccine with an improved stability profile, the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for use in children 5 to 11 years of age uses tromethamine. Tromethamine? Instead of the phosphate buffered saline solution as used in the previous formulation and excludes sodium chloride and potassium chloride, the package vials for the new formulation are stored frozen at negative 90 celsius 90 degrees celsius to negative 60 degrees celsius the frozen vials may be thawed and stored at refrigerator at two to eight degrees for up to 10 weeks so interesting tell us what a tromethamine is tim just give just give me a minute let me let me open this up methamine because i don't want to i want to ruin punchline let's double check this it is used to prevent acid problems in the blood. Also, oh, that's right. That's right. Also, cardiac problems, heart problems. It's a a blood thinner, basically, to prevent yes. blood clots. Yeah. Yes. I had heard that. I didn't realize that was the name of the... Adverse substance. side effects of this drug that they will be injecting into children inside of a vaccine. Adverse side effects include respiratory depression, local irritation, tissue inflammation, injection site... Uh, in infection, febrile response, chemical phlebitis, venospasm, hypervolemia, IV thrombosis, extravasious, uh, extravation with par- possible necrosis and sloughing of tissues, transient decreases in blood glucose concentrations, hypoglycemia, heptocellular necros- necrosis, with infusion via low-lying umbilical venous catheters, see warnings and cautions. They're giving something that they typically give people who have heart problems and right. want a thinner blood. They are going to put uh, this in the vaccine. <laughs> oh, but, you know, it's just Pfizer conspiracy theorists calling it the clot shot there. Most often they administer it when... Uh, Patient is under cardiac arrest. <laughs> is it a Pfizer product? That would have been a question that I should have researched, right? Let's see here. I'm trying to figure that out now. Sorry. I stumbled well, the, into the dark side of the internet here when I found all this stuff and just started going to town. Da, 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 uh, da. It's an organic compound. Well, it, it yeah, I guess it's probably in several different drugs. So I'm sure Pfizer has a version and Merck has a version. And right, yeah. So that don't don't worry. That whole myocarditis thing, it's not real. Like it's just a it's a very few people. But we, we're going to go ahead and put you know cardiac blood thinning medicine into the into the into the vax for the kids. Just the kids one. The kids one will be what it, what was the what was the wording they used. To provide a vaccine with improved stability profile. Mm, yeah. The Pfizer <laughs> BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for use in children 5 to 11. We're going to get rid of that buffered saline and just throw in some uh, some heart attack medicine. Oh, man. Aye, aye, aye. 
I, I'll tell you what the the poison and then give treatment for the poisoning that you did and then give more treatment for the that poisoning. Uh, Perfect. The business mo- model. Business yeah, the, model. it's also been around a long time, and this the moth in the iron lung book that I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were spraying some crazy stuff in the mm-hmm. 1800s in the like lead arsenic like oh man this kid's like paralyzed all of a sudden weird eating fruit covered in lead and arsenic um yeah it was uh it's a it's a good book i can tell already i'm a few chapters in but but yes this is uh this is not bad for Pfizer's bottom line, I'll put it that way. And Rapid that's resolution. Not, that's not the whole story, and we talk about the whole story on our podcast, but always good to keep in mind that it's... Uh, so on, on PubMed, I just found an article, Rapid Resolution of Symptomatic Acute Pericarditis with Keteralic Tromethamine, a, parent, a parent, parenteral non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agent. They use it for inflamed hearts. If you go, it's a heart inflammation drug too. It's yeah, let's cool stuff. Good let's times. play the uh, Peter McCullough clip. It's not terribly long, but he explains how myocarditis differs when caused by the natural infection versus the vaccine, and how they they kind of say, well, COVID can cause myocarditis too, and it's not actually the same thing carditis that occurs with the natural infection is usually those sick enough to be in the ICU and it's a troponin elevation only. It's very different than the myocarditis that we're seeing with the vaccines, which we'll get to. Uh, The myocarditis in COVID-19 is mild, it's inconsequential, and it's largely a troponin elevation. I don't want anybody to think that the myocarditis of the natural infection is anything like what we're seeing with the vaccines. Exactly. The vaccine produces the inflammatory type process on the heart. And the vaccine is directly there. Now there's preclinical studies suggesting the lipid nanoparticles actually go right into the heart. The heart expresses the spike protein. The body attacks the heart. There are dramatic EKG changes. The troponin, the blood test for heart injury with the vaccine myocarditis is is 10 to 100 folds higher than the troponin we see with the natural infection. It's a totally different syndrome about when the kids get myocarditis after the vaccine, 90% have to be hospitalized. They have dramatic EKG changes, chest pain, early heart failure. They need echocardiograms. If the ejection fraction is low, they need medications to prevent heart failure. So vaccine-induced myocarditis is a big deal. And in children, it's way more serious and more prominent than a post-COVID myocarditis. Oh, he's a crackpot, though. Just that yeah, cra- yeah. Crazy Peter McCullough. And uh, we talked about this on our show. And man, they did a good job of covering it up. But uh, yeah, we talked about this months ago. We well, talked about this months ago. That the the uh, you're the one that brought it up. It's your whole deal. The the they're leaving the the the, the vaccine is leaving the arm. Oh, stuff right. is yeah. The lipid nanoparticles, which. Yep. There's always been toxicity issues with, and this was the reason Moderna can't get products to market. And all of a sudden, 
oh, let's just emergency authorize them and not go through all the, the trials. And they never figured out how to make them not toxic and not have these issues. But I mean, if, that, yeah, that, that, and, and there's a very real possibility that the uh, nano aluminum nanoparticles that are in some of the vaccines as a quote unquote uh, adjuvant adjuvant uh, are what is causing severe brain problems, like, you know, autism, behavior problems, everything, because it passes through the blood vein barrier. It's metal that can get through. Yeah. Aluminum, mercury, all, you know, this is, it's poison. It should not be in your, in your bloodstream and in your body. But uh, what, what I was referring to is the Christian Erickson, the soccer player. Yep. Yep. That's right. We were both kind of like, man, this has to be absolutely huge. Yeah. No, I thought it was full on. Yep. Dies on the field. They bring him back to life pretty much with the, you know, shocking him. Yep. And we, even us have not talked about it. That's true. They made it disappear. And then they said, oh yeah, not vaccinated. Yeah. Right. Uh, but but he said he can't play now. No, he, he, he can't play. And there's, um, well, uh, Alex Berenson did a post. He says, remember when Christian Eriksen, an, an incredibly fit soccer player, went into cardiac arrest at the European Championships in June. And Eriksen definitely hadn't been just been vaccinated for COVID, except maybe he had. And talked about the doctor saying, oh, yeah, we're going to vaccinate them all. Um then going back, yeah, he's got the, the article about how they're going to vaccinate him. And that was a month before, you know, he collapses on the field. He says there's the curious case of Trey Potts, the starting running back for the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. At least Potts was the starting running back until October 2nd when he left Minnesota's game against Purdue with an unexplained injury. Potts walked off with no immediate signs on the field that he had been hurt in the first place, per a Minnesota newspaper, but then was taken by ambulance to a hospital and hospitalized for six days. The university now says Potts, who as a student was required to receive a COVID vaccination, will not play again in 2021 because of an upper body injury. A weirdly, if not insultingly, vague diagnosis. We should probably check with Rochelle well, let's gear some other public health professional, but the heart is in the upper body, right? No, uh, let's see. Um, okay. So there's been other incidents recently, too. And it's just, and what I, th- where I thought you were going earlier is this messaging about kids have strokes, too. Yes. You know, it's kids start, have heart attacks, too. It's like, no, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> They don't like how like stop right now. Right. You know, day two of them dishing this out. Like is in your experience, have you ever run into that? The answer is no. So when they try to say like, oh, you know, just because now everyone knows a kid that has myocarditis, we don't know what's causing it. Like, yes, we do know what's causing it. So. But, man, it's like. Can we just not get there? Can we, like, ah, I don't know how you as a, how someone as a parent 
at this point, with all the information that's out there, with all the red flags, can move forward with it. And yet, supposedly, if you believe the polls, a third of the parents are planning on, yep, day one, let's sign them up, get them vaccinated. Yeah, no that 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 appears to be that that appears to be what we're we're headed into. There is a, a definitely a percentage of people who are just going to move forward with this. They're just going to going to give the stuff to their kids. I, I one thing I am I'm starting to give some sort of uh, um like like positive thoughts about this whole thing is I think that the percentage of people who are hesitant, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is larger than they thought. The unvaccinated percentage is larger than they're telling us. And I also think I, that, I do agree with that. Yeah. And I also but I also think that there there is a, a rabid, you know, I guess we're outnumbered by a lot. But there is a rabid 20 percent who are not just like against it, but like against everything that's happening. I, I honestly think it's all the way up to like it's, it's a 20 percent level. 20 yeah. percent. I think one out of five people is like, this is insane. We can't. Mm-hmm. We can't do this. I hope so, because that should be enough, really. I mean, yeah, I hope it is enough. I'm loud. I'm gonna. I'm a jerk. I'll talk about it in public. I don't care. I'm doing this podcast. I mean, we need it. We need all the help we can get. So this was a great uh, tweet thread uh, from Rounding the Earth. I guess he's an en- <laughs> engineer. Uh, he says, nothing to see here. Move along. Vietnam, before COVID-19 vax, 35 COVID deaths. Since the COVID-19 vaccine, 21,381 deaths. Thailand, before the COVID, before the vax, 83. Since the COVID-19 vax, uh, 18,403. Tanzania, before, 21. Since, 703. Nothing to see here. Move along. Taiwan, before, 10. Since 836. Timor before 2. Since 118. He does hashtag coincidence theory. Sri Lanka before 297. Since 13,246. So it just goes on and on and on. And I think these small countries are important because I think, well, I, and I haven't double checked it but whatever other elements we're doing you know these are they're not worried about latvia's numbers right like they they're not bothering you know they'll tell them like get in line here's what you need to do but they're not gonna like bother having a whole cdc rigging system set up in latvia and grenada isn't isn't latvia where they already have like the vax passport where people can't even leave their house now I, a, a lot of these places very very strict and they even pointed like oh look it's these strict lockdowns that are are being successful and then he start giving out the vaccines and what do you know everyone starts getting covid i found this just uh, earlier today um let's play what are the odds okay out of out of 500 nba players not all vaxxed yet at least one has lost his career to blood clots after vaccination. Brandon Goodwin. Hmm? Out of 1,750 NFL players, two have had serious blood or heart conditions, respectively, after vaccination. Vinnie Curry and Luke Wilson, both announced in August 2021. Out of 1,000 children in the Pfizer trials on 
children 12 to 15, one ended up in a wheelchair with a feeding tube and brain damage. 12-year-old Maddie DeGarry. Out of a number of world-famous musicians, two, out of a small number of world-famous <laughs> yes. musicians, yes. two suffered muscle nervous system problems after vaccination, Eric Clapton and Celine Dion. Out of the small number of world champion professional boxers, Oscar De La Hoya ends up hospitalized after receiving both vaccines, allegedly because of COVID-19, and boxing legend Marvelous Marvin Hagler died after what about vaccination. Hank Aaron? When, yeah, there's another yeah. one. Out of the small number of MSNBC and CNN contributors, one ended up in the hospital with blood clots, Mark Lamont Hill, and one died, Midwin Charles. At a certain point, you have to ask yourself, what are the odds? There's a real possibility that none of these injuries would have happened in the absence of the vaccine. And if so, the pattern we are seeing of serious injury is at a rate of hundreds of times higher than alleged. It is only really one in a million or more like one in a thousand, or is it worse? For me, I'll go with the evidence I can see with my own eyes instead of fraudulent industry studies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And don't believe your lying eyes. Don't believe your lying eyes just because you, you know, there was the, it means the it's meme. Working. It means the it's meme working. for a long time was like, do you actually know anyone that has COVID? And most people are like, no, not really. But now it's like everyone knows people that had COVID, but everyone knows someone that was vaccine injured too. You know, I know someone who was a doctor and went like way downhill from being able to be up and around and do her job to hanging on to life at this point. You know, I of the probably 20, 25 people I know that have had COVID, the only person that ended up in the hospital, unfortunately, it wasn't a long hospital stay. It was one that was vaccinated. But, hmm. but that, I mean, you know, what, whatever this new version is, though, uh, whatever the new poison is, is definitely much more serious than the the cold virus of the original, you know, the stuff that the PCR test was was picking up. Um, you know, we've talked about Russ Dizdar and Rob Skiba, and now uh, Russ's wife passed away as well. Russ Dizdar's wife passed away? Yeah, Shelly Dizdar passed away, I believe, yesterday or today. But So, I mean, their, their poor daughter sure. uh, lost both parents in, what, three weeks? Yeah. So, Out of nowhere. Yeah. It's, and there's something I, I wanted to talk about in relationship, not with them specifically, just in general. I don't get the let's keep everything that happened to them a secret deal. Like, where is this coming from? Like, we need to be talking about, okay, here's what happened to this person. Here's what treatments they were given. And here is the result. Like, everyone should know that remdesivir is bad news by this yeah. point. We're 18 months into this and it is still being administered. It's, it's like you're not doing anyone any favors by like keeping quiet that the hospital killed your relative. Like you're, you're really not. I actually just experienced this the other day, a family member, uh, how do I put this? A friend of mine's family member 
was one of the first people I know of, and this person reported back to me, that it was taken. How, how do you even say this? It's not devent, revented. I don't know, but did, taken off a ventilator. They lift. They lift. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the first one I've heard. It's like, oh, that's no. I mean, one. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. No, it's it's a a script, and they always tell you, oh yeah, it's just to help him breathe, just to help him breathe. And was it? Did we talk about last week how? This protocol that's being administered was the kill the people quickly to to free up beds protocol. No, I believe that was definitely talked about on uh, on no agenda. And uh, also, did you? Oh, you it was the letter to it was. Yeah, someone had wrote in, uh, but then I I saw other places as well that kind of confirmed that that's what that's where this protocol comes from. Right. Have you seen the uh, old school end game and blueprint blueprint to global enslavement style Alex Jones? It's called COVID Nation or something. This new one. He had a yeah. he had a he had a nurse on there uh, in the middle that was pretty much like you know yeah. she's she's like kind of torn up like yeah. trying to like looking back she's starting to realize that a little bit of what happened was kind of crazy. Yeah. It was it was evil actually. Very evil. She yes. she actually talks about she actually talks about that she uh, the only person that survived that she knew of on the ventilator uh, woke up and pulled the feeding. Oh, that's right. Down. Yeah, I remember that clip. Yes, yeah. because he yeah. was like me. <laughs> he was yes, a, like screw this. I'm out of he here. He was a, no. He's like me. He's a stupid drug head. He had a and I'm not a drug head anymore, but I, I have I have done a lot of drugs and I used to have a really high tolerance and he was a bit of a, a druggie and so they. They got him all amped up and put him down, and he he, <laughs> he laid there for a little it, bit. It wasn't like, enough to <laughs> – yeah, he woke up from <laughs> – My metabolism is too strong for this. I'm pulling this crap out. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this. So, uh, yeah, that stuff's happening in the hospital. The hospital is a scary place to go, and it's all just following protocol. Um, Let's um, – yeah, so – Jason Burmis did a great – I don't want to play the, the YouTube one. Imagine if we had 100 Richard Bartlett's out there. But let's play some of his uh, Rockfin video where he talks about Richard Bartlett. And, you know, we talked about Richard Bartlett a long time ago. Man, they've been successful at keeping what he was doing quiet. And just, oh, you're a crazy person. Budesonide? What? Uh, let's – yeah, go ahead and start it, and then I'm going to um, interrupt you and, and tell you what part I really wanted to get in there. A West Texas doctor is claiming he's found the silver bullet for COVID-19, but a CBS 7's Jacob Brandenburg explains the treatment is not currently approved by the FDA. Jacob? Dr. Richard Bartlett works at various clinics around West Texas and says he's found a successful treatment for COVID-19. Treatment plan is inhaled generic budesonide using some generic antibiotics to protect from a secondary bacterial infection, uh, using zinc, which interferes with virus replication. It's common sense. The inhaled steroid budesonide is being held by West Texas Dr. Richard Bartlett 
as a silver bullet to treat COVID-19. Budesonide is a steroid that can be sent directly to the lungs using a nebulizer. The drug has been used for decades to treat asthma and is approved by the FDA. However, using it to treat COVID-19 is not. Bartlett says he treats people as soon as they show symptoms. This early treatment is better with this disease, and I'm having a 100% survival rate. About how many people have you treated so far? I have, I don't even know how many I've treated, dozens. I have 14 that I'm treating right now. Bethlehem Memorial Hospital isn't convinced, telling us yesterday there's no such thing as a silver bullet for the virus. But Bartlett's patients credit the treatment for saving their lives. When it comes to COVID-19, Kathy Lawler and Eric Rodriguez are at risk. I'm 48 years old. I'm diabetic. You know, I'm a bit overweight. Rodriguez lost his 31-year-old brother to the virus in June. He said he couldn't breathe very well. He started taking budesonide twice a day. I think the difference is life and death right now. Uh, I feel I feel fantastic. Well, I am in my 60s, which is already a, a strike against me. And I am living with two different types of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. In fact, I'm on daily chemo, and I fully believe that by the time they decided I was COVID positive, had I waited on treatment, I would have been in the hospital on a ventilator. Uh, trying the budesonide, I could tell uh, improvement. I, I could feel that, that something was, was changing. All right, let's uh, skip forward to the four-minute mark and hear Fauci try to, the way that weasel talks about budesonide, with Matthew McConaughey, of all people. Inhaled generic budesonide. Can I just talk about how I love how all Texans defend Texas? Like, it's something about Texas, where like, people from Texas find other people from Texas or defend people from Texas. <laughs> like, I swear, Matthew McConaughey's like, hey, there's this other dude over there in Texas. He's, He's doing Texas. some things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he... I love that part of it. The whole Lone Star, like, hey, we'll just become our own country then. Leave us alone. Yeah. I love it. Protects from secondary bacterial infection and the use of zinc. It does interfere with the virus replication of COVID. All of that in vitro can work, but there is no evidence now that what you mentioned has any clinical effect how long are we going to listen to people say no evidence i'm sorry i'll go back i'll let this thing play through but i just i swear <laughs> that's all that there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud there's no evidence yeah. ivermectin works there's no evidence that this is harmful for kid there's no evidence it's don't believe your lying eyes there are people yeah. who are dying or all around you there's no yeah. evidence that the vaccines are dangerous no evidence just keep saying no evidence Sorry. Uh, this All of that in vitro can work, but there is no evidence now that what you mentioned has any clinical effect. The thing that happens a lot, which confuses people, you get viruses, you put them in a plate or in a culture, and you throw all kinds of things in there. Mm -hmm. And many compounds suppress the replication. But when you get to a clinical trial, and you give it to people with the disease, more often than not, those things don't have any beneficial effect. Some do, because okay. if something is going to work in vivo. 
I like how he tries to throw in these terms that people don't know to make it sound like he knows what he's talking about. He in sounds vivo. a lot. I mean, he sounds a lot like Francis Collins did last week. Yep. Yeah, that's their their talking points. And then let's skip forward to 6:45, and this guy, and you kind of need to see him, but I'll just describe him. He's sitting there with the oxygen in his nose, like he's being pumped oxygen. And uh, yeah, you tell me if there's no clinical evidence that that this stuff works. It's like a a battle. It's the heat. I'm trying to eat eat right now. I had a a hard time being able to eat and breathe at the same time. On the screen, it says more than two weeks passes until finally they fire their doctor and demand the life-saving treatment of budesonide. That's terrible. That's terrible. I was waiting for Dr. Gilbert, but I'm going to go ahead and dismiss her. And I'm basically saying I'm firing her from a doctor and I'm requesting another doctor, please. ASAP. We need another doctor ASAP. Thank you. Tuesday, the 5th, October 5th. Starts receiving budesonide on October 5th. Huge milestone just met. It took that other apparatus off that forces the air into me. We're sitting at about 55%. This is good. It'll feel like it's on. It's on. It's on. It started out at nine. Now it's at seven, which is about 27% oxygen. At zero, it's normal at 21% oxygen. I'm getting down there. Three days of the treatment. Three days. And look where I'm at. I'm in shock. Right now, I'm holding in the 90s. I'm fixing to go home. Praise God. And thanks to uh, Dr. Bartlett. We're not helping. Keep going. No, no. That's that's the part I wanted you to play. That's perfect. So, so it's it's up there. Uh, Jason Burmas put it together. Silver bullet, a fight for truth. It's worth watching. It's only ten minutes, but uh, my father, who is a man in his sixties, very large man, who is also diabetic, uh, got COVID last year and got budesonide prescribed to him from a, te- a doctor in Texas. I don't know if it was Bartlett, but uh, yeah, that happened. And uh, day, I think I've talked about this. Day one is pretty, you know, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. Day two, he was, you know, I'm, I feel horrible. 
Day three, I, I feel horrible. Day four, you know, how you doing, Dad? I'm mowing the lawn. I said, what do you, what do you mean you're mowing the lawn? <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, you know, because he's got a riding mower. So, he's, he's, you know, he's got a lot of acreage out there. So, he's got a riding mower. He's got a mow. He's just on his riding mower with his headphones and he's mowing the lawn. So, and it's funny because I actually haven't looked that much into what he got. And I just thought, oh, that's interesting. Kind of took note of it. And, and I know we talked about it a long time ago. But mm-hmm. here it is. Jason Burmis is back with it. And uh, it seems like there's a lot of ways to kill this that are pretty easy and cheap, right? Like we got budesonide, just an inhaled well, steroid. We have a- ivermectin, an antiparasitic antiviral. We have hydroxychloroquine, which is another antiviral. I mean, there seems to be a lot of ways that will at least do something to it. And well, all of those include zinc. You add a little zinc. Yeah, yeah. The the budesonide in particular for breathing stuff, and then Terry actually sent us a the protocol that he used just with. Um, he didn't even have a nebulizer; he just had a humidifier. Okay. And then he used. Oh, we should. We'll we'll post that. I'll find that email. Okay. We should post that to the site. So, so he said, you know, he had the. The whole pneumonia thing, and that really helped. So it was, if he, I mean, that's, and what happens though is nothing's worse than feeling like you can't breathe. Yeah, that's, that looks And terrible. so then, then you're, you're panicking, that makes it worse. And it's just, and then you feel like they're going to kill you if you go to the hospital. That's less than ideal. Like you got to <laughs> have, you know, you got to have a plan for this stuff ahead of time and, uh, you know, stay out of the hospital if at all, if, you know, or at least know ahead of time where you would go and who, you know, what doctor you trust that isn't going to try and uh, rack up a nice charge for their, their bill to the federal government. Just get yourself some Zavardo kits. Yeah. Are there, is that the uh, is that your stuff from India? Well, the Zavardo kits are the uh, yeah, it's the it's the protocol that they were using in India. The yeah. uh, it's got the zinc, doxycycline, and then the ivermectin. So, yeah, the I think it's interesting that ivermectin's main thing, you know, they always make fun of it. It's a horse dewormer. It's an anti-parasitic. It's and I think there's a lot more, uh, I think parasites are way under-recognized as being problematic. Like, you know, everyone's like, oh, parasites are just a third world thing. Uh, and then these anti-parasitic drugs always seem to help people out. Kind of strange. <laughs> and then I think the virus thing is way overblown. That's your body's reaction to what whatever's going on as opposed to what's actually getting in there and making you sick. But exosomes, not viruses and watch out for parasites. It's my, it's my non-doctor research of the day. Words of wisdom from Andrew Hoffman is uh, take, take anti-parasitics. Even if you don't think you have any parasites. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the videos with the, uh, the parasite-like things in them, yeah, yeah, the vaccines, kind of strange. They, they they think that that uh, parasite that they've seen in some of those vaccines 
purportedly, supposedly, they think that thing is a, uh, they've identified it. It's a, uh, a parasite that eats caviar. It eats eggs. And the weird part about caviar is, and I was thinking about this a little bit more. The weird part about caviar is it's found caviar uh, water temperature. I'm not going to be able to find it this quickly, am I? No. But I'm pretty sure you find caviar in really, really cold water. Well, it's... I know, you know, the salmon caviar is usually pretty... They're not swimming around in Arizona. They're swimming around... Sure, sure, sure. So I was just thinking, you know, you got to keep the vaccines at the negative whatever well and also if you've got if you've got parasites in there uh and you don't want them growing and taking over too fast so that they could be visible or or cause issues too quickly keeping them at a crazy low temperature would be a a good way to do it there you go Which they're not doing, by the way. <laughs> it was all like, oh, it's got to be negative 60 degrees. And, you know, they bought some fridges, but you're hearing stories about, oh, let's just let's load up our COVID-19 needles for the day and leave them out on the table and just inject them one by one. You know what Crazy. troubles me? Another thing that troubles me on these kind of an underreported thing, but uh, all these, you know, I've seen these vaccine cards, picture of this, picture of that. And I actually seen there's a guy on Twitter who does a really great job of just kind of going through and finding people who are like, hey, I got vaxxed. And it's like two or three months later, they die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they always show the vac- a lot of them show the vaccine card. One thing that's kind of struck uh, stuck out to me, at least recently, is it's like received at Rite Aid. Man, have you been to a Rite Aid lately? <laughs> yeah. There's nobody in there that I want to buy anything from other than maybe some uh, unhealthy Halloween candy. Like, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't, want it, I don't want anybody administering any kind of shot in my arm. Are you wor- kidding me? Worse than the uh, Hispanic Cultural Center. That's <laughs> yeah, right Aid, less than ideal there. Yeah, hey, the but uh, you could go into the Safeway Pharmacy and they'll give you twenty dollars off your groceries. Really? They always bucks? do that with. Flu shots, like get twenty dollars off your yeah, get vaccinated and save money on your groceries that are doubled in price in the last year. How much of that do you think all worked? Do you think all that crap worked at the beginning? And they're just doing like, here's a free number. Seattle, you get a joint. They they've admitted that the lottery stuff didn't work. Okay. Um, they've yeah, I don't I don't think it worked. I think if you're dumb enough to the Venn diagram of people dumb enough to get the vaccine and the people who aren't dumb enough to get the vaccine, but are because they get a free donut. Very, very small there. <laughs> so, I mean, if they if they can talk you into it for a donut, uh, you were already going to be talked into it. But. Double vax. All right, should we take a break? Yep. Well, let's do it then.
we wanted to uh, thank everybody for uh, helping to produce this show, contribute to this show. We got to figure out our nomenclature, our names. Our... We're not very good at this stuff, Andrew. No, we're, we're not. Getting, we're getting better. We're very... not market, not great marketers. But we're getting better. We'll keep, we'll keep trying to uh, make this a salient point that people can actually latch on to. But uh, this show is this, we've done 252 episodes of the show, and we've only taken Pfizer money once. <laughs> worst lunch ever but uh no <laughs> just kidding but uh anyway uh we don't take any uh kind of uh ad money no matter what it's for even if it's for we stick stickers or something like that yeah we, we take it one step further there are quite a few value for value podcasts out there that don't take ad money we don't even get offered ad money that's the level that we're at <laughs> that's our our commitment level. I do get lots of lots of emails that say, "Hey, do you want to grow your audience?" Oh, yes. <laughs> your website needs more traffic. Yes, that's exactly right. It does. It needs more traffic. But the traffic I do have that go to this website, I know them. They contribute to our show. They actually care about the show, and uh, the numbers aren't extremely high. But uh, as you've talked about, or we've talked about, interactions with the people outside of uh, the podcast always awesome. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get together and get a, a Northwest meetup going before I leave for next Friday. So uh, maybe if I can cram one in next week, if anybody has an idea, it's tough up here in Seattle, right? Like the weather's terrible. Everybody, you know, it's like you don't want to meet indoors because you could mm-hmm. have to do some sort of vaccine mandate thing. A lot of people don't want to. It's just another reason I'm excited to leave is the whole social thing around here. Even for listeners to the show, it's like, where will we all meet? Ideally, it'd be at somebody's house, like outdoors or at someone's house for, I don't know. But I don't have the place for that, so I didn't get it done. But I did get a chance to meet uh, one of our biggest donors, uh, Mr. Kyle from uh, Kent. So we had coffee uh, about oh, three, four days ago. I can't remember what day that was. I think it was Sunday or Saturday. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But I met with one of our donors and one of the listeners of the show, and he was super cool. Honest, honest, awesome guy. Shocker. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, listen, like got turned on to a lot of this stuff by Chris White, which was cool. Um, and then, you know, started just taking things a little bit more seriously, uh, with the, not just only with what he believed with kind of the stuff we talk about, but just even with like his, his walk with Jesus and, you know, finds our podcast to be encouraging and told me that like, once we started back up, he was like, man, that's when I knew I had to start donating. I had to start giving you money because I want you to keep doing this. I wanted to support you because when you guys were gone, I noticed that and I was happy for you guys to come back. So it was a super, super cool conversation. Um, you know, regular dude just got done dirt bike riding with his son. It was just, it was super cool. So I want to thank, uh, Kyle, who was, uh, the, probably the big donor, uh, this week donated 150 bucks shortly after we met. And that actually brings him over the thousand dollar level. So we're now, we now have Terry and Kyle. And then of course our good friend, Danny from Medford, Oregon, also just over $1,000. So we have three now. We have kind of come up with a donation tier that we're going to be calling out for these guys. We'll have to do uh, a, a joint show for all three of them. I don't think anybody else is too close to those three. So we'll have to name those guys uh, when, when they get to the uh, – when we, when we figure all that stuff out. But we do have the kind of names. We just got to write out 
the script, so to speak. And I think when it comes to writing, yeah, we stuff, we had some good suggestions. We so. did. Another contributor from down there in Texas wrote us, gave us some great ideas on Revelation, the Book of Revelation, in all of the precious metals throughout. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like that. I like it too. We had the we had the Maybe football can, one, but you 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 shot down the football one. You said nobody wanted to. Work nobody their way wanted up to, to the tight end level. Yeah, like thank you for your wide receiver donation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's always more football, Andrew. There's yeah, there's more. a. But I, I was thinking we could combine the medals with. Like the the yard lines, so you know maybe like the the <laughs> golden end zone, the golden touchdown <laughs> level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all we're, it's all in the up in the air. We're open to, to changes, tweaking. Definitely open to tweaking. Uh, so let's start off with or not start off, but let's uh, finish it up with thanking Emily with ten dollars from Parts Unknown. Thank you for that donation. This was a new donor. Uh, book is looks like books in the mail. Mm-hmm. She is her name is Donna. She's from Hacienda Heights, California, and uh, she donated twenty five dollars. Yep, book is in the mail. Danny, we spoke about. Oh, and of course, uh, Theo, Theo, the uh, pilot who has recently been. Uh, Fired from his job and is starting his new life as who knows what. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what well, he's going to do. And until he sneaks across the border with his family and joins us in Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. Andrew's putting out the call. Everybody gets yeah. Oklahoma. Just get there and figure it out after that. There you go. <laughs> uh, Kyle, we, we, we just uh, spoke about. Uh, and then Sean. Sean's on his subscription. Uh, Sean is, it, it says parts unknown. We, we may actually know where Sean's from, but I'm going to leave it as parts unknown. He's continuing his subscription of $5. Thank you, everybody who did this, decided to do the, hey, five bucks a month. You, yeah. you guys are worth it. So thank you for that. And we have Matthew with the $7, and he is from Burlington, Ontario. Thank you uh, for your courage. Uh, good luck up there. And yeah, then, so a pretty high percentage from Canada on this list. Thank you, Canada. Yeah, for sure. I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, great point. Yeah, I got three out of, of eight donors here. So yeah. anyway, um, so Matthew from Canada, thank you. And then Amy from the uh, Madison, Mississippi, which is uh, a city I didn't know existed, but uh, thank you. She also donated twenty five dollars. I don't think she wants another book, but if she does, please, if you do, please let us know. Um, and Theo has a book in the mail as well, right? Yes, and as you know, they they mailed to Canada, so I, maybe I'll try Australia again here. We we owe a, a book out to Australia, um, and I think that's it. Other than a couple addresses that maybe people didn't provide because they didn't want the book or what have you, but if you if uh, you donated more than a week ago, and you haven't received a book that um, something went wrong. So let us know. So. Yeah, yeah, please, please let us know. And then that that's a failure of the back office's part. I think we had another back office failure again this week, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. We did. I I won't say who put on the spreadsheet. You know, no book when there should have been a book, but yeah. Well, so. you don't have to say it because uh, <laughs> there's only two people here, and the person who didn't put it 
no longer with us. Had to fire him. <laughs> labor shortage. Let me hold on. Let me check the uh, labor shortage. It's a labor shortage. Labor issue. shortage yeah. still going. This supply chain breakdown caused by <laughs> labor shortage. Eugenics wars. We can't be mailing this book. Eugenics <laughs> wars. Eugenic. So if you want to donate to our show, go to eugenicswars.com. If you want a free copy of Andrew's book, donate $25 or more or $35 if you live internationally. How was that? Yeah. Catchy. Good? That'll Scatchy? reel them in. Yeah. Reeling them in? And I will say... How, how much did I sound like a used car salesman right then? Uh, no, it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> you know, kind of commercially. Like a no, used commercially. Car yeah, yeah, yeah. Get down here. But we are going to be, you know... I don't know if we're doing a show next week. You're right in the middle of moving next week, so... Yeah, there may be a break in shows coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this show barely got off the ground. And uh, actually, I'll take a moment to just ask everybody while we're in this section of the thinking the uh, contributors to the show, uh, please continue to pray for our families. And my family uh, just decided we were going to throw a dental emergency in uh, all of this chaos. My little, uh, my young boy is actually having a, a real, a real tough time, and we could use a lot of prayers on that. Nothing worse as a parent than seeing your child in pain. I am very, very confident and very recent, recent, recent feelings on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good, not good. So please pray for him, and then pray for uh, pray for both of our wives for putting up with us, the two uh, hot <laughs> air balloons that continue to ramble at each other every week. Please pray for them. They're doing a lot of work and uh, stuff that is going. Uh, kind of unsung work so please pray for them and uh, thank thank you guys for being some of the we can have a show where people pray for us that's awesome that's one thing we don't we, we get hate we don't even get hate mail we get no, like we a, really don't yeah we well or some, at least you don't let me see it so it, uh, all the, people, the closest yeah. we got to hate mail was when we, somebody was yelling about the penny stuck to the arm thing and that person i actually know i don't know but he's been he's listened to our show for years so i don't know if it's really that wasn't hate mail no it was Anyway, I am uh, super excited for everything that's happening, but it's it's just been it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, please pray for it. Semi miraculous that we're doing this show. Absolutely no, it's really miraculous. There's a lot going on there and a lot going on here. So I want to read an email actually. Hey guys, just want to thank you guys for your kind words about me a couple of weeks ago. And this is from Joy, who sent us five hundred dollars from Tennessee. Joy is not necessarily not necessarily wanting to be anonymous but we don't know yet so we'll just leave it at that but she's very encouraged that the gift already knew where to go it went right to andrew's car i love how the lord works things out so well uh her husband mike and i are praying for you both and for your families through the move andrew uh thanks for the book and the note i read it some years ago and is a big part of my intro into everything looking at it again i'm going to see if i can get my 15 year old to read that last chapter it's an amazingly and beautiful moving summary that reminds me of a postmodern, uh, a pre-postmodern era Christian writers. Uh, consider reading that chapter for the episode sometime. So you guys are doing great, and I'm very glad to be within a few degrees of separation from you. We are definitely on the same team. Thanks again. Praising the Lord, Joy. Thank you, Joy. So, and then uh, from. From future podcaster Joy. Thank you. That's right. That's right. And then Theo wrote us one, uh, an email, and then I've uh, got a couple more. Yeah, we got some great 
emails again this week. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we mention the the yeah. email? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so I mentioned Northwest Expressway, uh, which is outside of Oklahoma City, and where I'll be living in in Piedmont, Oklahoma. And the comment that we received uh, says, I was literally driving down the Northwest Expressway listening to your podcast when Andrew announced he was going to be living on the Northwest Expressway. I thought, surely Andrew doesn't mean this Northwest Expressway. And then uh, many streets probably or many cities probably have a street with that name. Then Tim finally coaxed you into saying Oklahoma. Congratulations. And I'm so happy to have some podcasting truthers in my neck of the woods. So how cool is that? Yeah. Driving down the street. So she grew up in Oklahoma and moved. Never thinking she'd come back. Yep. And uh, some some oaky facts. And I have not verified these. They sound I can't believe that they're all true, but she's, a, you know, she's a, a teacher, so they must be true. Uh, Oklahoma has the world's tallest hill. I was reading that there, Tim. But Oh, I didn't know you were reading my own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> reading my page. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have wetlands with al- alligators. You can ride dune buggies at the Little Sahara Desert. The Great Salt Plains are beautiful. And many lakes, waterfalls, mountains, and forests, not just the flat plains that most people think about if they just drive through the state. So that's that's encouraging. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm definitely a believer on the lakes. There do, there do seem to be a ton of lakes in Oklahoma. Yes. The mountains and waterfalls, I'll have to see to believe. But <laughs> The world's tallest hill. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. World's tallest hill. It is located near Poto, P- Potuo, Oklahoma, in the United. Uh, somebody's gonna okay. kill me. So it's uh, it's highest the highest nineteen hundred ninety nine feet. So the cutoff is okay. To, the cutoff. I did not know that the cutoff was two thousand feet to make a mountain. Interesting. So if it was one foot higher, it'd be categorized as a mountain and not a hill. And uh, this may come as a surprise, but it would not be the world's tallest mountain at 2000 feet. <laughs> so I guess, would you rather have a, the largest hill or the smallest mountain? I'm sure the small, I mean, there's some small mountains around here. You're a small mountain. Sometimes Andrew, you know that. <laughs> so, oh, very cool. So we're, I'm excited to, to be in a new place and, you know, have places to explore. It'll be fun. So. Let's talk about something that's near and dear to your heart and mine. It's not in the show notes anywhere, and it's completely off the cuff. But I bet there's a lot of people out there who would be interested in. Man, you got to get rid of your stuff, right? Like minimalism. Like own. Like get rid of your stuff before your stuff owns you. Yeah. <laughs> it's and it, one of the things that's actually been cool about this. I have a container sitting in my driveway right now, and so it's like, how much of this stuff do you want to see on the other side of your big transition? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I want to see all of it. And so yeah. we're, pa- we're pared down. It's looking, uh, looking pretty empty around here. Uh, you know, so I'm hoping that I get, I, I make the cut. Like they don't throw me off. You know, I think the dogs go and the kids are going, but yeah. I'm, hopefully I'll make the cut. They'll let me, let me get on the container. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but 
yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely looking bare around here. Um, and I think it's it's. Some, I had a friend tell me the other day uh, when I told him we were moving. He goes, "It's healthy." Mm-hmm. He says, "Every now and then, you just got to completely uproot yourself and go somewhere else, and start over." Yeah. And I was like, "Man, that's that's crazy." And then I had another person tell me, "Hey, moving is uh, just below death on the stress level. Death in the family, <laughs> moving." <laughs> I, like, I actually believe both of those things are are true. Yeah, that's yeah. It's and almost up there with public speaking, though. It's, yeah, it's the old Seinfeld joke. Like more people are have a fear of public speaking than a fear of death. So. Okay, interesting. So, it's yeah. just outside. This place is just outside of Fort Smith, Smith, Arkansas. This hill. I grew up not too far from here. In, in okay. My, I never knew anything about it. That's something. Uh, it's it's kind of far, I guess. Interested to see this hill. So I I want to play this. Uh, well, there's a, there's a couple hopeful songs for the end. I got. Okay. You know my oh, theory oh, that. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you have anything that involves? Hold on a moment. Do you want to talk about the Squid Game thing? Well, before we talk about that, I wanted to open the segment. <laughs> oh, you got it. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've. You know, I'm. I'm... <laughs> that's great, Thank right? You. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> just keep starting this other one i'm sorry i'm not that good at this yet but uh yeah that's uh, just for <laughs> for reference everybody friends of epstein servants of satan friends of epstein servants of satan ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great well, speaking of friends of epstein servants of satan uh should we play Tucker Carlson's clip on Lady G, also known as Lindsey Graham. <laughs> this is a sure. you know for for longtime listeners of the, of the podcast. Oh, very yeah. early on, we had the theory that the two most New World Order, worst of both worlds, senators were McCain and Lindsey Graham, yeah. and that that has has never changed. So That's true. John McCain passed away, but we still thought like you really? you have yet to point me to a place um you being just a general you where Lindsey Graham is anything but new world order monster. But and this clip uh once again proves it. Really interesting. And it's about someone else who tells you he's really conservative, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. It's always running around telling you he's going to have another hearing into this. Conservatism, I'm conservative. Well, we just learned from this very long Washington Post rebuttal to our documentary series that on January 6th, Lindsey Graham was running around the Capitol ordering the Capitol Police to murder the protesters. Quote, you've got guns, use them. We give you guns for a reason, shrieked Lindsey Graham. Shoot American citizens for the crime of trespassing. Really? This is the conservative position. Unarmed protesters show up, but they shouldn't have been there. We've never defended that and never would. But kill them? What the hell's wrong with you, Lindsey Graham? How long before you're ordering drone attacks on people whose politics you don't like? 
What a revealing moment this is. It's really <laughs> <laughs> we give you guns for a reason. Shoot them. That sounds right. Yeah, that's uh, not super surprising. But, but you know, I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done in plans. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Well, he's dead, so in general, you always have to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be careful. Good advice, Bill. <laughs> a friend from Switzerland sent me that in uh, the, you know, it's, I, I get his stuff in the morning. Obviously, I think he gets my stuff when he wakes up in the morning. <laughs> but <laughs> I woke up and listened to the intro and I was like, oh, it's good. And then I listened to the outro and just started cracking up. Well, he's dead. All right. So you know, it's got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we'll have to get better. If we're going to have intros and outro jingles, we'll have to get better with doing it. We'll have to line yeah. up different we, segments for it. Unlike, unlike No Agenda, we do not make it look easy. So. <laughs> Never been a claim no, of I, ours. I, I think like, we, we make this. They, we're no, too I, tight for this market. Oh, we're definitely not too tight for this market, but I think we do make it look easy. It's like, so really, I just need a microphone? <laughs> just need to plug it in? Speak directly into it? Oh, man. Well, all right. Do you want to? Okay. So why don't we just play a little bit and you can cut it off early if you want. It's not super long. You can play the whole thing if you want. But the symbolism behind Squid Game from Paul Joseph Watson. And he talks about an article on VigilantCitizen.com that does a deeper dive into it. So this is, you know, we can call this segment TV shows Andrew hasn't and will never watch. But uh, apparently Squid Game's a, a popular show these days. So. Oh, interesting. Look at this. I'm looking at the Vigil- Vigilant Citizen. Yeah, it's worth checking out. It'll it... Article. Okay. Well, let me just say this. Uh, you don't have Netflix, right? Never have, never will, never going to? Uh, I had Netflix for back in the days when it was sending dvds for a little while so. oh my gosh <laughs> like a true 75 year old man was, anyway that was literally the last time i had netflix but yeah <laughs> sometimes i think you come off older than you are <laughs> it's not it's not what oh uh, well let me let me tell you since you put this in here and we're about to to to, 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 to check this out have you seen squid game no, but let me explain. Okay. So I do have the streaming services, uh, you know, a, a bunch of them, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the top two or three. So now we've had Netflix forever and it, we actually have had it since it was DVDs as well. But anyway, um, they, they do this thing that my wife and I both find endlessly annoying is that you'll turn it on and they'll actually do like a feature part and uh, the featured film or show or whatever. They'll start. So they'll like literally you 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 go to the you know the app the Netflix app on the television and then it it brings up all the movies lists or whatever but in like the top half of the screen the top left movie that's highlighted will actually start its own like preview and it's like out loud like like verbally like out loud so you haven't even selected anything and it's actually playing a preview for it 
So this thing caught my eye. I'm like, what is happening? And it's the Squid Game preview. It's a very kind of dark intro, but it's it's catchy. It's like, what is happening? Um, and it's a bunch of people who take off these masks and they realize they've been, you know, kidnapped and taken to some place. And there's these people standing in front of them. No, 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 they're not wearing masks. People in a bunch of uh, cots, like they're in jail. And then uh, they wake up and there's these people wearing masks standing in front of them. Why are you wearing masks? And uh, they don't tell them anything. And then it's just kind of disorienting. And I'm like, oh, this is a really interesting kind of uh, premise for a show. I'm just like endlessly curious. Like, what is this going to be? This is interesting. My wife immediately appalled, repelled. Oh, this is terrible. This doesn't. So, so we have not checked it out in this house, but it, it, it at least struck like a, a very interesting tone or the, like a curious tone. But, sh- but there was a, a hint. Anytime there's a hint of like human subjugation or torture or anything like this in any kind of movie, my, my wife is not game. And I, maybe, maybe she's more pure than I am. So, but, uh, so anyway, that's all I know. But it, I, okay. all, all that to say, they're pushing this thing, right? Okay. Oh, they're there's pushing only, it. Yeah, there's only one video that can be featured where they actually start. It's really annoying. It's like you ever go to a website that immediately starts like you're on a website and you're surfing around and you start hearing people talking you're like, oh, this auto played. And now it's actually taking over my speakers and playing something. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of sensation. Yeah. Uh, I think this might be their biggest show ever. I mean, it's it's huge. Netflix? Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not their biggest show ever. Stranger Things is it's gonna take a while to overtake that. But yeah, it's gonna it's it's huge and it's 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 absolutely pervasive. I was uh at the get this, okay. Wanna date me for an older person. I was at the mall the other day. <laughs> at the mall, walking through the mall, getting my Cinnabons. All right, sorry. So anyway, I was at the mall, but they had one of those like kiosks in the middle, it was like Squid Game t shirt. I'm like, man, that was fast. Like how the when did this come out? Yeah. All right, let's hear it from PJW. The population that's been atomized, numbered, and infantilized. Ritualistic human sacrifice. The futility of democracy. Rulers parasitically manipulating the underclass with cynical promises of worldly prosperity. Weird old rich elitists wearing occult masks. What could they possibly be trying to tell us? Squid Game has become Netflix's most watched show after hitting 111 million views less than a month after its release. This represents a cultural moment. So what makes the symbolism behind the show so powerful. I'm not going to waste time explaining everything that happens, but the basic premise is this. A shadowy organization invites hundreds of cash-strapped, desperate players to take part in a Hunger Games-type tournament to win a 45 billion won prize. They play a series of children's games with the brutal twist that the losers are violently eliminated, usually by being shot in the head by guards who look like buttons on a PlayStation controller. We're given a pretty big clue as to who runs Squid Game in the very first few seconds of the first episode. As the VigilantCitizen.com website notes, the outline of this game is also the main logo of the series. The reason? It perfectly illustrates the core philosophy of Squid Game and, by extension, the elite. The rectangle represents the masses. The circle at the bottom of it represents those who are poor and heavily in debt. The triangle above the rectangle represents the elite ruling over the masses. The upper circle represents the all-powerful occult elite that controls the world. Throughout the series, we're presented with some subtle and not so subtle 
subtle clues which combine to communicate to us that the dystopian high-tech hellscape of Squid Game and its malevolent, abusive controllers might not just be confined to a fictional Netflix show. First, the very notion of elites engaging in ritualistic human sacrifice itself, which is a practice older than religion, a fetish that was fictionalized in 1920's The Most Dangerous Game, a short story about a Russian aristocrat who hunts humans for sport. But that's just fiction, isn't it? The games take place on a remote island that resembles a CIA torture outpost. The players are stripped of possessions, atomized, numbered, before being disorientated and infantilized. Is this really how the elite perceives us useless eaters? Surely not. The players are also given the illusion of freedom by being handed a democratic vote, enabling them to leave the game. We later find out that the entire process was rigged and that the deciding vote was cast by number one, the individual who controls the game. Many such cases, the front man for the games, that's literally his name, is later revealed to have been a police chief in his previous career, illustrating how the elite recruit front men from the lower rungs of the establishment to help them evade the law. Thank God that never happens in reality. The ritualistic blood sacrifice orgies are all performed while players are surrounded by childlike playground aesthetics and images, illustrating the elite's revulsion for and lust to desecrate innocence and purity. In between the games, the elites practice divide and conquer by creating artificial food scarcity before pitting the players directly against each other. Dead bodies are placed in creepy coffins wrapped in bows symbolizing a gift to the gods, a human sacrifice. The bodies are then harvested for organs, the sale of which presumably pays for the prize fund. This is all foreshadowed in the first episode by the main character giving an identical gift box to his daughter which contains a gun, symbolising how a key expression of the elite sickness is exposing the youth to their agenda. Having previously been fed on scraps, the three remaining players are treated to a fine dining experience by the controllers. They're seated around a triangular table with a light in the middle. The table is placed on a checkerboard floor with two pillars to either side. A pillar checkerboard all-seeing eye combination that I remember viewing somewhere before. In Freemasonry it's the platform on which the rituals take place. The ritual in question here being one of the players slashing the other one to death. And as if there was ever any doubt as to the dark forces that lie behind all this, here's a clip of the VIPs arriving to watch the games. see these people walking up in full like masks you know animal think, things think eyes wide shut yeah i hope you won't disappoint me hey didn't i see you at the 1972 rothschild ball no it was at baron murder rothschild's mentmore mansion <laughs> it's literally the clip from my yeah wide yeah Watch the ritual from Stanley Kubrick died not long after making that movie, by the way. A plush room decorated with decadent symbols where humans are used as furniture. Turns out that some of them are into weird sex stuff, too. Thank God this kind of stuff doesn't happen for real. At the very end of the series, the old man responsible for creating Squid Games reveals the true motivation behind its purpose. If you have too much money, it doesn't matter what you buy, eat, or drink, it all gets boring. All of my clients eventually started saying the same things when we talked. Everybody felt there was no joy in their lives anymore. 
And so we decided to get together and started asking what could we all do to finally have some fun. In other words, when you have all the money and power in the world, what more can you do to get your kicks? By engaging in increasingly depraved sexual and sadistic behavior to defile the innocent. And that's kind of the goal of the series, writes Vigilant Citizen. The viewers end up watching this sick form of entertainment the same way the VIPs enjoy watching people get killed. Then... They feel dead inside. We get to pass moral judgment on the depravity of the elite while simultaneously relishing the same debauched exposition of bloodlust. And instead of the players making millions, Netflix cashes in. As is usually the case with these type of things, Squid Game works on two levels. One for the normies and one for the initiates. The normie narrative is that which has been amplified by the media that Squid Game is merely another critique of late-stage neoliberal capitalism. And because capitalism's so bad, I'm sure that Netflix will be donating the $900 million they've made from the show to charity. And then you have the red pill narrative, which is that the world is controlled by a sick, masked elite, which both gets its kicks out of and enshrines its power by orchestrating occult ritualistic blood sacrifices, which couldn't possibly be true in real life. Could it? The two-tier story is similar to Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, where the normie narrative was the marital turmoil of Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's characters, but the actual revelatory narrative was the couple being inducted into the masked elite sex magic ritual cult. Which, of course, it would be silly to suggest actually takes place outside of Hollywood movies. It would also be fantastic. Picture of Epstein and Bill Clinton. Kubrick's <laughs> is another example of revelation of the method. Only a tinfoil hat-wearing lunatic would dare suggest that by hiding the truth in plain sight, the elite get to simultaneously laugh in our faces, initiate the masses into their own sick, aberrant pleasures, while comically absolving themselves of sin by openly professing their proclivities via the medium of popular fictionalized television shows. To even entertain for a moment that that might be true would be utterly insane. I think you nailed it. You know, I'm I'm very proud of what we've done in plans. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Well, he's dead, so in general, you always have to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> end of that se- segment. Should we do? Should we end on something a little happier? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can add in on a friend of Epstein, Servants of Satan clip. Okay. Uh, I've got, uh, you want to play? Dan Andrews shutting down bank accounts. No, an- anti-vax song on a beach. Oof, yes. I like the sound of this. <laughs> Inject this into my veins. I've never heard this song. We'll see what it is. Yeah. I don't have it, because I never got it, because I don't want it, because I don't trust you. Yeah, you still insist, I need a proof of vaccination to exist, and so the lies persist, some of us can tell, and you bet we will resist. I hope you know it's plain to see The pseudoscience you misuse on the TV And 
all the power you abuse to keep the people confused and afraid. How is this still going on? This life's been going for way too long. If you're blind, you can see that this is wrong. And I won't comply. I mean, no way, I may be wrong, and after all, I'm just a singer, but I'm not afraid to use my brain and middle finger, so go ahead and do your thing, but I'm not taking anything, these vaccine passports are a crime, and so I sing, hell no, am I gonna get it, hell no. H-E-L-L-N-O Do I trust the government? Hell no Do I comply? Hell no H-E-L-L-N-O <laughs> Just a dude on a beach with a little ukulele. ukulele. <laughs> yep. So, it was... Yeah, that's reminiscent of uh, the the end of show remix, end of show mix for No Agenda. I'm not gonna take it. You can't make me. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it comes down to. At it some does. level, you know, the, there's a reason that God made some strong-willed people out there. Speaking <laughs> of God, uh, had to. Yes, there is a reason for that. Absolutely, but I, I mean, I think Paul Joseph Watson nailed it. And there is an answer for having so much money and thinking that everything is is uh, meaningless is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Believing in God that he created you for a purpose, loving other people and serving him and them to make your life better and to to get fulfillment out of life. Um, because when it comes down to it, one thing that has been. I, I've been thinking about this a lot, but. I know that not everybody listens to the show is necessarily a Christian, but and then not everybody who didn't get, who got the vaccine wasn't a Christian. If that makes sense, right? Yeah, that makes but, sense. But um, but it, we're genetic, not genetically, but we are predispositioned to believing in there's a higher power and that we're not afraid of death. And the, the 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 main issue I see, especially up here, where we have uh, I don't even know how to put this. <clears throat> We've heard people say that they uh, we're not going to let their kids out of the house until they can be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Not going to go to public school until they can be vaccinated. I'm not just talking about that popular Twitter clip that's going on. I'm talking about somebody I actually know. Mm-hmm. Uh, not letting their kids go to school with other children until they're vaccinated. And that person uh, doesn't know God at all and is actually uh, aggressive towards the idea of God. And I think that's illustrative. You know, that's instructive in that someone who hates references to God or hates God or refuses to believe that God exists has nothing else. Okay. You just have a, you have a flesh and a body and that's it. Like 
you're just an animal, right? Evolved out of evolution. And so then the misplaced love for your progeny, your offspring, and not wanting what the only thing that matters, not their soul, not their mind. The only thing that really matters in this worldview is their body, not wanting their body to become infected and possibly die from this virus, which we all know is very unlikely, um, has led this person to use their you know, kind of false sense of love for their, their child by kind of trapping them in the house and damaging them mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, to- well, their, their true love for their child, but... It's being expressed in a very unhealthy way. Oh, absolutely. No, I know. And it's it's a result of the worldview, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a top to bottom result of the worldview. This is I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Oregon and Washington have the least amount of churches per capita of any of the states. Or people that, that go is, to church. Yeah. This is the sure. Yeah, sorry. Uh, this is, and this is the, we're, we're leading the way. You guys are masked outdoors down there and we're <laughs> half a step away from, uh, from a mandate for uh, kids to go to school mm-hmm. up here. I mean, our guys leading the way. I got the, I got the email the, two days ago. Inslee said, I know everybody can rest assured, can breathe a sigh of relief. Don't worry. Me and the other Western States packed are looking at what we can do now that the vaccine is approved for five to 11 year olds. Western states pack. By the way, Nevada, what are you doing? Also, Colorado. Like, what? What? Why are you doing this? Like, look at the other three of us, the real Western states. Like, you want to be like any of us? Come on. What are you guys? <laughs> terrible idea. But there's no church. There's no God. And then what? They get on TV, said you could die, and that just leads people into like straight up fear. I, I got to do whatever I can to make sure I don't die. I've fallen for this, right? Like I've fallen for some of this crap, right? Like I'm lazy. Like I don't want to not have my, you know, house or my TV or my job. Like I don't want any of that stuff. I want, I don't want to lose that stuff. I wore the mask. I did a lot of this crap I've been conned into for the last two years. I've fallen for some levels of that, but when it comes down to it, my character, my soul, my beliefs, my relationship with God and the world you can't like there's you can't scare me into doing some stupid crap that I think is is harmful, and and, right. and, and, and and if I die I die if I die I die, like that's it I die it's fine, mm-hmm. I don't want to I really don't want to with the, the two people that definitely depend on me to 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 live, but I it's I it's not over for me right I have a soul there's more to this than just this and if you've ever if you're listening to me ramble right now and you don't believe in God, God love you for listening to this podcast and continuing to check in with us. And I want to, you to think about why in the world, if there is no spiritual realm, no souls, no God, no devil, no none of that stuff, okay? Or, you know, whatever kind of, what is going on right now? Why <laughs> yeah. does it feel so dark? Right. Why are people so scared? Because I can sum it up for you pretty simply. There, are, there is a, a guy named Paul, and he wrote this line about 2,000 years ago in the Bible where he says, we look through a mirror darkly, 
and that we know that we are not at war with the uh, with, our, with each other, but with the air and the principalities of this world. And that means that there is a spiritual element on this planet and we see through a mirror darkly. We see through glass darkly or dimly. We we can't see it. OK, we're stuck. We are physical. We have these bodies. So we can't see it, but there's a lot more going on. And if you can't look at these last 20 months and say that you think that there might be something else going on, I don't know what to say. Because those of us who believe in that can feel it. (laughs) You can feel this crap going on. And you know what? In the end, God wins. And I'm not saying that because that's, you know, I'm just going to rest in that and I'm not going to fight. I'm talking to you on a microphone right now instead of being in the house you know, mm-hmm. hanging out with my kids because I do care and I am going to fight and I'm going to try to do what's right. But this whole thing is a spiritual war. And the sooner you realize that, the better. My friend Steve, who just lost his job, was venting to me and he goes, when it comes down to it, it's just a war for our souls. Mm-hmm. And that's that's 100% accurate. That's words of wisdom from Steve this week. Yeah, and the, the fence is being emptied. You know, the, you have to choose a side. You don't get to decide, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm, I'm independent. No, you will, you will either worship the creator of the world, the true, the one true God, or you will worship the false gods and idols of the world. The, the scientism and, and money and, lust and all the rest of it uh you're gonna serve somebody like human beings are designed to worship they're designed to you know you will love you will these are all things that are built into us and the choices that we make are basically where to direct that you know do you want to put your focus on accumulating wealth and and experiences and social media clout or do you want to serve god and and focus on like how do i you know how how do i teach my kids about what's really going on in the world how do i you know show them that i love them so there's these are all (laughs) you know the big picture stuff um i think you nailed it there there's well, I, th- I think we'll close it there. If you'd like to come up front, there'll be some people on the sides here that'll pray for you if you'd like to pray individually. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Please pray for us. We will be uh, continuing to do the show as much as we can. I don't know how much it'll get done over the next couple weeks. So, yeah, it'll be... You might not hear from us for actually, you know, you know what? It, we'll, you know we'll what? See. I think I'm going to make a call right now on the air. All right, okay. Andrew. Okay. Next week, next Wednesday ish, we will do a show. Okay. Really? But, yeah. But after that, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, there's going to be a break. We're going to lose, we're going to lose a week, maybe two. There's yeah. going to be a break. I want everyone to picture driving across the country. With a one-year-old. <laughs> with an old dog. And a with one-year-old. an old dog. And a one-year-old and a 
in a five-year-old with <laughs> tooth pain. <laughs> Jeez. And then think about how fast that's going to happen. The Hoffmans say that we're going to beat them there, but maybe we won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it depends how many, how much stuff you stop to look at. You gonna, yeah, do any tour stuff? I mean, it's well, we, we do. You know, we've been talking about it, and uh, I'm not sure. There's some different routes being being tossed around. Mm-hmm. Stuff that would, it would have to be stuff that could, you know, be seen from the car. It's not like we're gonna get out and do some hiking. It's not a not a thing that's going to happen. So, but we would like to see some cool stuff and uh, enjoy ourselves. Uh, I think there's a know. giant ball of yarn out there somewhere. I forget <laughs> what state. I remember my my family vacation when I was eight years old or whatever, driving to Minnesota. There was a it was just random billboards like "Come see the Corn Palace." Come see the the Corn old, Palace. Is, hey, yeah. you just hey, you just triggered our friends in Iowa. The Corn Palace is real. Those are on every billboard throughout Iowa. No, I think Corn Palace is Nebraska, isn't it? Is Oh, you might be right. but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we went there. It was a highlight. I'm not, I'm not bashing Luke, he's, Luke, he's talking to, directly to you. <laughs> South, oh, yeah. South Dakota. Gosh, we're a couple. Oh, it is South Dakota. West Coast, okay. guys. They don't know anything. Yeah, that makes sense. Corn Palace and South Because I didn't make it over to Iowa. So it's, there you go. But maybe sometime in the not too distant future, it's not too far away from Oklahoma. So, hold on, I got another one for you. Lar- world's largest cross. Where is it, Andrew? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, this is saying it's in a. Oh, this is saying it's in Illinois. Well, son of a gun. Uh, it's not worth going to Illinois. Uh, there's one giant one in western Oklahoma, man. <laughs> Is there? Okay. Yeah, there's, it, this one's in Spain. I mean, and by the way, I'm all cool. I'm cool with crosses and everything, but like, really? <laughs> giant cross, yeah. Illinois. There's one in Texas. Well, as long as, Texas. as long as they don't put, uh, what was the, didn't they mask like the Jesus statue in Brazil or something or do, oh, do something terrible like that? Like vaccines are great. And I don't know. Yeah. I got that story wrong. So don't, I need you don't to be fact my check that. Yeah. Don't, don't repeat that wrong information that I just said. Fact it's, check false. It's a uh, 1 a.m. Central time, but fortunately we're still Pacific here. But. Time for us to go though. So, yeah, Let's wrap it up. We already had words of wisdom. I think that's it, unless you have anything else for us. I have. Ah, Seattle is the most anxious city in the metro area. Washington State has a new COVID vaccination verification tool, which is cool. Yeah, I've posted uh, 198 methods of nonviolent political action, posted by our friend Dan McCall over there at LibertyManiacs.com. Nice. So, and another song. This one, uh, not called the the time to be mean song which was okay it's a good one too and then the uh euro parliament christine anderson speech i'm assuming everyone's heard it at this point we we always like don't play the really good clips on our show because it's like oh everyone's heard that and then you could play it at the end it's a good one oh then yeah i'll play it right after i'll play it after the music Okay, perfect.
All right. So there we go. Yeah. Well, thanks right. for doing it. Thank you for doing a show, Tim, and people out there. You know, extra appreciation Tim's way because if you know, if I had to place bets earlier today on whether we were going to get a show done, I would have said no, no chance. So no chance. Yeah. I don't know. Something. Something. Something made me do it, and then we did the altar call, so that explains it. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say not the goal that renders a system oppressive. It is always the methods by which the goal is pursued. Whenever a government claims to have the people's interest at heart, you need to think again. In the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite sincerely concerned about the well-being of regular people. What makes any of us think that it is different now. If the age of enlightenment has brought forth anything, then certainly this. Never take anything any government tells you at face value. Always question everything any government does or does not do. Always look for ulterior motives and always ask cui bono, who benefits. Whenever a political elite pushes an agenda this hard and resorts to extortion and manipulation to get their way, you can almost always be sure your benefit is definitely not what they had at heart. As far as I'm concerned, I will not be vaccinated with anything that has not been properly vetted and tested and has shown no sound scientific evidence that the benefits outweigh the disease itself and possible long-term side effects, which to this day we don't know anything about. I will not be reduced to a mere guinea pig by getting vaccinated with an experimental drug. And I will most assuredly not get vaccinated because my government tells me to and promises in return I will be granted freedom. Let's be clear about one thing. No one grants me freedom, for I am a free person. So I dare the European Commission and the German government Throw me in jail, lock me up and throw away the key for all I care. But you will never be able to coerce me into being vaccinated if I, the free citizen that I am, choose not to be vaccinated.